Despite what everyone says, women do have a tougher time placing at consulting firms, enjoying their role in consulting firms and growing within consulting firms. And, you know, if you go onto the websites of Deloitte and BCG and McKinsey and Bain, they'll all put up these testimonials of women who would say they're having a great time and the firm is really responsive to their needs and so on. But the mere fact they have to do that indicates there is a challenge and there is a perception problem and there is a material problem. If there was not a problem, they would not have to do this. So today's podcast is, you could call it advice for talented women who are looking to go into management consulting. And it is very counterintuitive, uh, the advice I'm going to provide here. And it's based on, firstly, my own experiences of working alongside women, Um, when I was a consultant, reporting to women when I was a consultant, and later recruiting and developing women when I reached uh, the partner level. But more important than that, it's also my perception of having dealt with over 100 candidates over the last year in terms of training and developing them. Women don't make up the bulk of our group, obviously. They make up less than 10% of the total class size we deal with per year. But they're just as talented as the men who are applying. So I want to talk about how women can position themselves to be more successful. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, right? I mean, if you go to any consulting event, recruitment event, look at the websites of offices, women are a minority, which is kind of surprising when you consider how well women do, firstly, at the undergraduate level at universities. They're not the dominant group in MBA schools yet, which I also find surprising considering the accomplishments they have in business. You know, once you do well at undergraduate, you don't just become silly when you're going to corporate and take your on your first role. You're still the same person. So the numbers don't make sense why MBA schools have such a, a loop-sided intake of males versus females. But if you look at the executive suite of consulting firms, this this stereotype of women not being able to handle the hard disciplines is reinforced. I mean, let's pick firms, right? Bain is an exception where the chairwoman is um, an Israeli woman. I suppose she's Israeli-American these days, but an Israeli woman, a very tough woman, but she is the exception. McKinsey, they have a few senior partners, but does anyone know them? Nope. BCG, I think there's one partner, senior partner on the management committee I think she's in the organizational design practice, but I'm not even sure of that anymore. Deloitte. Deloitte has one woman who's running organizational practice again. So it kind of feeds into the stereotype that women are not able to lead the hard disciplines like strategy and corporate finance. And I'm not talking about a a woman who's a partner. That doesn't mean you make it when you're a partner. I'm talking about a senior partner on the managing committee. So if you know a partner who's in corporate finance, it doesn't count because she's just a partner. I know when you're just trying to get into a consulting firm, you think being a partner is everything. But the point is there are different levels of partnership. And I'm talking about the woman who make it all the way to the top to run something. You get many partners who have basically no influence in a firm. So consulting firms definitely feed into the stereotype. And I would actually like to see a consulting firm train a woman, train women, sorry, to, to lead some of these more... Um, traditionally harder disciplines like strategy, corporate finance, operations, and so on. The executive suite has to change at consulting firms. You cannot say that um, you have an environment that is attractive and conducive to the development of a woman's career when the executive suite is populated by males um, and women have very little representation. Women will then have no one to identify with as they plan their own career path. 
And if I look at most of the firms, I mean, there are women in across the business, but they tend to be sort of congregated around organizational design, these human resource, human capital kind of practices, which again doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because the skills to be successful there are the same as the skills to be successful in any of the to be successful in any of the practices. So this the self-selection process doesn't make any sense at all. I think it has partly to do with the fact that there are already senior female in those businesses, so they bring in uh, females to give them a chance, but you know, male partners running the other practices don't necessarily make enough of that um, of that effort. Consulting is also not, I think, geared towards. It's definitely geared towards being more of a male discipline. I don't know if you've ever received feedback in a consulting firm, but let me assure you, the feedback is blunt, it is brutal, and there's more pages of what you could do right than what you did of what you could do right than what you actually did right. Basically, it's a direct confrontational game. Consulting is not a sport for, um, you know, soft, for, for shrinking violets. Um, you're going to be given tough feedback, you're going to be given it directly, and you have to be able to deal with it. Of course, it's not disrespectful, but I think in some cases, it could be a bit more, given with a bit more tact. Even the training for consulting is really, really tough. You train on the project, and the tight timelines dif- delivering difficult projects. Even if you look at our program, right, we model our program exactly on the way consulting firms model their feedback and so on, and it's at least the, 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 the top firms. And our own experience is that, and we always tell this to female candidates before we start with them, is that before you start with us, do not take the feedback serious. It's not personal. If I tell you, you what you're saying is wrong, I'm not attacking you personally. What I am doing is realizing you've paid a lot of money for this training, and I do not want to waste your time by spending five minutes to tell you something that I could have told you in five seconds. But I do find that female candidates, by and large, not all of them, but quite a few of them, struggle with that um, brevity. And we, we do make an effort to to find a way to coach our feedback in a way that makes sense, in a way they can handle um, but definitely, the consulting style was developed by men, and it unfortunately doesn't cater for the um, needs of women, I'll be honest with you. Even firms that tell you they have these great, great programs for women who want to have kids and so on are just kidding themselves. When you decide to have a kid, your career automatically comes to a halt. I know, but there are going to be people who will tell you, you're going to find them on websites who tell you how supportive the firm was and so on, but frankly, they don't know because they don't know how their careers would have progressed if they didn't have kids. So basically, they're telling you their career was great, but relative to what? Relative to not having a career? Yes. Relative to not having a career, having a baby and then going back into consulting is wonderful. But what you have to measure your progression is not relative to what you may not have had, but relative to the career you may have had if you did not have a child. And if there's any change, then the firm is not treating you, in my opinion, fairly. So here's some advice for how you can manage your career better. The first piece of advice is understand the numbers are in your favor. We speak to a lot of female candidates who lack confidence. It's one of the biggest issues why we reject female candidates. I'll tell you up front now, when you speak to a female candidate, I would say 90-80% of them lack confidence. A few are, you know, they have confidence, but we can also see uncertainty in their voice. But at a certain level of uncertainty and lack of confidence, we realize that it will become a stumbling block in your pursuit of management consulting. You cannot lack confidence. You, sure, you may there may be things you're uncertain about. Sure, you may be worried about whether you're going to make the transition and so on. But you have to be focused on making things work. 
you have no way around this. You have to be very disciplined, very focused on making things work. Understand the numbers are in your favor. Your graduating score is most likely going to be higher than that of your male counterparts. So that's the first thing you have to understand. You cannot hope to compete in the recruitment level and be successful as a management consultant if you lack confidence. Because I can assure you, the first project you go on to is going to be predominantly male. And whether, no matter how nice those guys are, they are going to be different and you're going to have to try to fit in. And by trying to fit in, you're going to feel as if you don't fit out. So your confidence is very important. The next piece of advice I'm going to give you is confrontational, and it's direct, but I think it's important. Do not back down into a stereotype. No matter where in the world you work, Brazil, Middle East, South Africa, Australia, Japan, heaven forbid, there are stereotypes of how women should behave. Do not back down into that stereotype. As soon as you do, you'll be treated like that for the rest of your life. There's a great story that the chairwoman of Bain Orad says, where she says when one of her first projects, she met, a she met a client, and she went with a more junior person on the team who was reporting to her. Every time she asked the uh, client a question, the client wouldn't look at her. He would look at the more junior male and answer the male. He did that for the whole meeting. He just never would look at Orad in the eye and give her the respect she deserved. And obviously, she's a very impressive woman. The, what she did is that in the next meeting, when she went to the meeting, she told the, the guy, look, don't, when, when the client looks at you, don't respond, just look at me. So, the, so she'd ask the client a question, the client would look at the guy, the guy wouldn't look at the client, he'd look back at Audit for an answer, and eventually the guy, the client got, understood that Audit was in charge, right? So, so that's a very, very Im Im important point. You don't want to, you don't want to have to fit into some horrible stereotype where everyone treats you the way that that they think you should act. You need you're a professional and you need to to act like a professional and if people don't want to accept that then you have to make them accept it. You are not stepping out of line if you if you if you demand the the the, the respect you 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 need. Third point, which is for me uh, really annoys me, and people say, I've heard this a few times, and I've heard it in client situations where people will say something like, this person has not earned respect. And I think to myself, that is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. And I've heard some female candidates you know, ask me this question, you know, like, how many projects do I need to work on before I can earn the right to do certain things? And let me tell you something right now. No one needs to earn respect. By the mere fact that you're a person, respect is, should be conferred upon you. And if you work in a company where you have to earn respect, then you should not be at that company. Because it's the most ridiculous statement. Are you telling me that because someone hasn't done something, they don't get respect? Doesn't mean because the cleaner who works in the consulting firm hasn't been able to build a PowerPoint model is treated differently? No. If a firm tells you you need to earn respect, then you should not, then just walk away, run away, just take your handbag and get out of that room and leave immediately. You do not need to earn respect. I think we fought many years for civil rights movements um, you know, against apartheid and so on to realize that no one needs to earn respect. By the mere fact you're a person, you are conferred respect. So do not have this attitude that you need to, to earn respect when you're in a consulting firm or when you go into the interviews. You have respect by the mere fact that you are there. What you should earn is the right to do certain kinds of work, but that doesn't mean you are treated disrespectfully as you, you know, go through the uh, activities to earn that right. So it's very important, right? Just to recap the, the top three, understand the numbers are in your favor and be confident. Consulting firms want you. Do not back down into a stereotype. Remember the audit story. Three, do not have this attitude that you need to earn respect. You do not need to earn respect. You have it and you should have it. And any firm that tells you otherwise is a firm you don't want to work in. 
I read an interesting article by, written by, I think it was Cheryl Sandberg or Hillary Clinton, I can't remember it. But anyway, they said that a lot of women quit before they even start. So they have a preconceived notion in their head of how they will be treated if they do something. And in their head, they've played through the sequence of events that will happen. And in the sequence of events in their head, they've realized that it's not going to work in their favor. So they start acting as if they've already lost. Do not do that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, just Hillary Clinton or Sheryl Sandberg's long way of saying the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe that you're not going to make it or that you're going to be treated in a certain way, you're not going to make it. I can tell you that right now. I've said this before, the best candidates we've ever had in the female category, and they are better than the males actually, are the Russian MBA students. Russian females at MBA, they are tough, they're hardworking, they're the most hardworking people we've ever seen. Hands down, no one beats them for hard work. Discipline, focus, I'd say aggressive in a constructive way, they do not fit into a stereotype, but they work diligently and disciplinedly to get the respect they need. So their mindset's geared differently. They don't have this f- they don't have this belief they will fail. They know it's going to be tough. They know they're not going to be treated right in some cases, but they also understand that they have it the responsibility lies on them to change it. The fourth piece of advice I'm going to give you is get good mentors. A lot of women who are not working in the program with us we mentor them because I mean, they didn't make it into the program because we felt there were material problems with their application. Either confidence was a material problem, but we're very happy to speak to them and we guide them and we coach them and we tell them what to do. Now, not everyone's going to be able to make me or one of the other you know partners in this uh, firm a coach, but you can find other good coaches. Your coach, the co- the criteria for coach is as follows: a coach needs to be blunt with you. I'm just be honest with you. Do not get a coach who's going to make you feel good when you're a failure, because then you're just a feel-good failure. You need a coach who's going to be direct with you, but build you up. That's very important. A coach is not going to be someone who just bluntly chops you down, but he's going to be honest with you and give you really useful advice on how you can move forward in your confidence and your career and your progression. The second one is you need to find a coach who can be honest with you. That really makes it difficult because you don't know who to trust. A lot of people pretend to be nice or they pretend to be a coach but they don't really care. If you find a coach, make sure it's someone you really can trust and if you can really trust them, you have to be honest with them. Tell them this is the challenges you have and why you have these challenges. Only if the coach knows what is happening can they guide you but you must get a good coach. A peer cannot be a coach, forget about it. Sometimes they could be but I find that very rare. Your coach doesn't have to meet you in person. Your coach is not someone you have coffee with. Don't confuse a coach with someone you go pub crawling with on a Friday evening. That's not your coach. A coach is someone who has your best interests at heart and is going to give you tough love, basically. They're going to tell you exactly what is happening, even if you don't like it, but they're going to help you as well. People who just give you criticism are critics. You, you don't want their help. You, a mentor is someone who's going to guide you. Now, my final advice about, you know, this is going to come up, so I might as well just bring this up. Having children, it is part of life. You cannot get around it. And I'm going to guess that maybe 80% of those who are listening to this podcast, females anyway, are going to be having children. I suppose the males are also listening to this as well because they want to know what the female competition is like. My advice is do not let your career dictate whether you should have children or not. Because let me tell you something. Firstly, everyone wants to be a partner and you know, be a very successful partner. I, I and the other people in this firm reached partnership very early. And while partnership is obviously lucrative and you know coveted, it's not the end of the world once you get it. You know, you think 
once you become partner, everything settles into place. All the unanswered questions of life settle in. Your life becomes wonderful. It doesn't. So if you think if you if you're putting everything on hold to get to the partnership because once you get it everything will work, it's not true. You you'd rather take a little bit longer to get to the partnership and and build a life that is not where success is not dependent upon becoming a partner. And when I say put it on hold a little bit, I'm not talking about ten years, I'm talking about three, four years. That's how consulting works. It's a very rapid pro you know, lifestyle. You can become partner very quickly. Slow pace is 10 years to become principal. Fast pace is 6 to 5 years. So we're not talking about you know, decades here. Beyond that, I would say that if you do want to have children, it doesn't mean your career is to be put on hold. I mean, there are ways to set up your life so that you have support at home and you're able to focus on your career. A lot of people have done that. Some of the women we now coach who are on the verge of partnership, um, we guide them through how to do these things. We also guide them to which offices to transfer to because we know the cultural norms in those offices make it easier for women to be the you know, primary breadwinner and their husbands to stay at home. We've done that with a few women, moved them to Sweden and so on. So the point is that if you are going to have children, do not let a consulting firm's lifestyle dictate this to you. You can do all of those things. Have a very balanced lifestyle, be very successful at the home and in the career, but you must make sure you have support at home. That's very crucial. You can't do all of this unless you have support at home. Whether that means a husband who stays at home and helps you, a husband who works at home and helps you, a husband who works less hours and helps you, or an au pair or whatever it is, I think that if you want to have a balanced lifestyle, you can do it. To recap, numbers are in your favor. Be confident. Do not back down into your stereotype. Do not be who you are not. Third, do not have this mentality that you need to earn respect. You deserve respect from the get-go. Do not quit before you actually begin. Do not follow the self-fulfilling prophecy of looking at other women. You don't know what decisions they made. For all you know, they probably didn't deserve to be partners or they made poor decisions. Challenge yourself by getting challenging mentors. Let them, the, the, the secret to moving and consulting is getting good mentors. All the other things are nice to have, but having the right mentors is what will separate you. When I went into consulting, the only reason my career took off is I had very good mentors at the partnership level, guiding me, putting me on the right projects, and giving me exposure to the right kind of clients to develop the right kind of skills. Mentors are crucial. Finally, if you want to have children, you can do it. Just plan your life well. Do not fit into stereotypes. Be very wary of that. I see that so often where women will come to me and say, I have a young family. I don't know what to do. I don't want to put that at risk. And I say, okay, did you ever consider that you can have both? And that's just it. Women don't consider they can have both. But it does mean looking at fundamentally how you manage your life and your role in your marriage. Um, I'm not saying, obviously, you know, fundamentally change things but you've got to think about how things could be changed to maintain the same harmony at home but to allow you to have a successful career as well the point is this if you put your life on hold to be a partner you will be very unhappy if you put partnership at home to be to have a happy life at home you will not be happy you need to be get balance in both it's the only way to be happy trust me if you have any questions feel free to post a comment or contact me directly but i prefer if you post a comment below the podcast and I could respond to it. Take care. Bye-bye.